voices and our hands to you, Lord, tonight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. You may be seated. Jesus told his apostles one day, he gave them authority over sickness, over unclean spirits, all manner of disease. And uh, when we've taken on his name in the waters of baptism, now that I, I realize during that time he had given this authority to 70 and then another 70 and they had not yet received the baptism of the Holy Ghost nor been baptized in Jesus name but the Bible speaks of uh, a transformation process and uh, things that do take place when we've been redeemed Repentance and water baptism brings the application of the blood, which is the redeeming power. And so the redeemed child of God, the redeemed believer, has an authority that is impacting in a spirit world. We see the natural with the eye. Sometimes we see indications of the spiritual. But there is a spiritual world as much as there is a natural world. And when we become alive unto God, we gain a sensitivity. Amen. To that world around us. Amen. I was talking uh, to an individual that shared with me an, uh, an encounter that they had. That while they were praying, they were... They noticed something that when they were praying in the company of a, this individual, they, when they spoke the name of Jesus, the individual would flinch, would, would cringe. <laughs> and so, of course, that was an indication that the spirit of influence in that individual's life was anti-Christ. It wasn't the spirit of God. And, uh, but it was, I can't say submitted necessarily, but under, definitely under the authority of the Lord's power operating through that believer. It reminded me of a time years ago when. I was praying in the church early in the morning, early like pre-dawn, and I heard the door open, the front door of the church. And I could hear a person dragging their feet in the foyer, so I thought I should look. And did, and there was a man standing there, hooded coat, heavy, heavy hooded coat. And he was just standing there. And then I realized who it was. I knew him. He'd been there before. But it was interesting. I, I'm not sure if he had told me this time. 
There were other times that he had come that he said, would you cast these spirits out of me? I mean, he, he knew he was bound. He knew he was spiritually bound. And so every once in a while he'd show up just to get those spirits cast out of him and off of him so that he could have a little bit of liberty and freedom. But the problem was is he'd go right back out there and get entangled again. And this particular time, it, was, it just seemed to be distinctly different. But as I would begin to pray, he would, uh, you know, shudder and throw himself, you know, into the chairs. And it's like every time I spoke, he'd thrash himself across the room. And I was trying to figure out, now, are you doing that? Or is, are these spirits really just tossing you about? But the point of all that is the Lord gives us authority spiritually. And oftentimes there isn't anything to be seen to understand that there is uh, an impact or something that's taking place. This is where believing comes in. I'd like to read to you tonight out of the book of Exodus, starting at books Exodus 10 and 3. I started on this study a couple of weeks ago, and I just wasn't sure when I would use it. And tonight's a good time. And Moses and Aaron came in unto Pharaoh and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long wilt thou refuse to humble thyself before me? Let my people go that they may serve me. How long wilt thou refuse to humble thyself before me? It is, it's really best. For any individual before the Lord to humble themselves. Uh, Not to wait until he has to come with his heavy hand and bring a situation into our life that will humble us. It's better to fall upon the rock than for the rock to fall upon us. And so it would behoove us as believers to keep our lives in check. Keep our attitude in check. No matter the circumstances uh, that have come into our life that might build us up. To a place that the Lord has to step in and humble us. And so the question was being asked to Pharaoh, why have you refused to humble yourself before me? First Kings chapter 21, verse 28. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite saying, seest thou how Ahab humbleth himself before me? Because he humbleth himself before me, 
I will not bring the evil in his days, but in his son's days will I bring the evil upon his house. The pride that was existing in his life would force the hand of God to move in some way. But he says, because this man has humbled himself, it put off judgment in his situation, in his generation. It would come at a later time. There is a... An act of humility, a posture of humility that catches the attention of God. The Bible says pride goeth before destruction in a haughty spirit before a fall. The principle being if I allow pride to prevail in my life, there's something ahead. There's a stumble. There's a fall. Or there's destruction. And so we get the idea, obviously, that... Well, let me say it this way. I think the scripture said, These seven things the Lord hates... Pride being a strong one. Second, uh, Second Chronicles chapter 7 at verse 13. If I shut up heaven and there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and mine ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. Sometimes I think we make it too large of a thing in our mind that somehow we've got to do some great to get God's attention. No. He says it's the humility. It's the coming to him in humility. It's the posturing of my life in humility. That gets the, t- the attention of God. That he says. I will step into this situation. I will heal this. I will make this prosper. Humility. How do we express humility? In old times. If there was some high ranking officer that came into the area people would actually bow some even more so prostrate themselves on the floor 
physical action resembling. Now, I don't think we do so much of that today. <laughs> but we can make an expression of humility. How do we do that? Brother, how do we show ourselves humble? Telling everybody we're humble? That's kind of the opposite, isn't it? What does it mean to take the low seat? Look for the shortest chair? No. Taking the low seat is a posture of attitude. Taking the low seat. There you go. Esteeming others better than yourself. Preferring others. There you go. And so we can posture our attitude every day in our walk of life. What about how we... That's not eating. That's talking. How we communicate... What is my expression? Now, some people may just think, you know, I'm just a loud person. You know, you can be a loud person and have a soft expression. You can have a... You can talk softly and be proud. (laughs) And project pride. Okay, so the Bible admonishes us to carry ourselves in an attitude of tiredness, humility. Okay. Second Chronicles, chapter 12, verse 6. Whereupon the princes of Israel and the king humbled themselves... And they said, the Lord is righteous. And when the Lord saw, he saw something. He didn't just hear something. When the Lord saw that they humbled themselves, the word of the Lord came to Shemaiah, Shemaiah, saying, they have humbled themselves, therefore will... Therefore, I will not destroy them, but I will grant them some deliverance. And my wrath shall not be poured out upon Jerusalem by the ham of Shishak. Humility, humbling of self. Oh, that's better on my eyes. And better on yours probably too. And ears. Oh, the fans. Okay. I can talk soft now. There is a tremendous power with God in humility. Sometimes humility is not how you talk. It's not talking at all. 
It's not saying it's not responding. Amen? It's the man that ruleth his own spirit. The Bible says he that ruleth his own spirit is greater than he that can take the city. Humility. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. Oh, we already quoted this. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Proverbs 29 and 23. A man's pride shall bring him low. But honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Do we get the idea that humility is the way to go? It's the way to get, to catch God's eye on our situation. Sometimes we think we got to cry out louder. We got to pray louder. We got to reach God. We got to get his attention. And the Bible declares to us that a humble attitude and a humble spirit catches his eye, catches his attention, draws him near into my situation. I'm reminded of the prophets of Baal up on Mount Carmel trying to get the attention of Baal, cutting themselves and doing all Things. And humility gets the attention of God. Luke chapter 18, verse 10. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus within himself, God, I thank thee that I am so good. That I am not as the other men, like that guy over there, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Contending is exalting. Contending, now I'm not talking about, I think somebody used this word the other day in a positive light. Uh, contending, you know, for the good things of God. But contending for my way, becoming contentious. Fighting for my rights. Taking on the attitude of fighting for my rights. Is, is haughtiness. First Samuel 
chapter 15 and verse 16. I know I'm reading a lot here. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord has said to me this night. He said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, When that, oh, this scripture right here just grabs me. Saul. Saul was the young man that had become king. The prophet Samuel anointed him under the direction of the Lord. And Saul was a tall guy, head and shoulders above everybody. He had a lot going for himself. And there were two offices involved here. Saul, who would be king, and Samuel, who was the prophet. And there were things that the king did and the things that the prophets did. And Saul became lifted up. Now, he, now, the Lord had already exalted him, made him king. But he became lifted up in himself. When he made him king, he was young. When he made him king, he was a little, well, he wasn't a little boy. But he was a young man. And as God favored him in the eyes of the people... He became lifted up. He became proud. He became exalted in his own mind, his own eyes. And the word of the Lord came to the prophet because this displeased him. This displeased God terribly. There were other actions that he did. He came and, you know, he disobeyed what the Lord had told him and then... He went and offered the sacrifice, not willing to wait for Samuel to show up on time. And, but it was this pride thing that rose up in him. He felt so good about himself. And Samuel said, when thou was little in thine own sight, was not thou made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel? Let's pray. Father, you see where we are. You know our frame. Let your word bring humility in our spirits. Let the admonishment of your word, Father, bring us to a low estate. To a place that pleases you, Lord. Let us walk in a place of humility with you. Now this is a challenge in the day that we're living in. We're in the age of posting. Post it to Instagram. Post it to Facebook. Post it to Twitter. Post it. Post it. Did you post it? Let me post it first. I've seen people race. And get very upset when they get beat. Oh, it's already there.
I remember when people started posting sayings, you know, catchy phrases. They would hear a catchy phrase in the first, oh, you know, how many characters is that? Get that thing out there. Swelling with. Jesus heals a young lady, says to her dad, don't tell anybody about this. You know, they already got their hand on the back pocket. Got to post that. Got to get that out. I'm amazed at how many times in Scripture God did the miraculous and he said, "Eh!" don't tell nobody about this. Trying to expand this ministry. We're trying to blow up this town. Come on, we've got to get this word out. This, don't you know how many thousands this will draw? Shh, shh. Don't tell nobody about this. Now that's a switch, isn't it? Can we operate that way? You know, the things that God wants to broadcast from the rooftops, he'll do that. This leads to another situation. You know, when you realize that the Lord was doing ministry the way that he was and impacting so many lives, and healing the multitudes, and then to tell those that he was with and working with and healing, not to tell anybody. You know, in his humanity, sometimes it would say, and they ignored, they didn't obey him. And then they spread his fame abroad, right? See, he knew the impact that that would have on his flesh. And he was heading towards a prayer meeting in the garden where he was going to have to conquer his flesh. If, it, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. You know, when he was there in, uh, with Peter and, you know, he had already uh, praised Peter, flesh and blood hadn't revealed this, you know, who am I? Flesh and blood hadn't revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven you know, and everybody's patting him on the back. Hey, good going, Peter. And then the Lord starts talking about what he's going to go through. And Peter says, not so, Lord. And he began to rebuke him. And what did Jesus do? Get behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me because thou savorest not the things that be of God, but that which be of men. And you'd almost think, is he brought back Lord? What's going on here? He's praising him, now he's rebuking him, and what's going on? And... But when Peter was trying to preserve life, he was preparing to give up life. And he was heading towards a Gethsemane experience to surrender, not my will, but thine be done.
Right? He knows those things that would feed and bolster his flesh. That the will of God could not be done. Because his flesh would get in the way. Why is humility so important? In the eyes of God. I mean, isn't it just a bunch of fun? You know, post our stuff. All over, show everybody what we've done. Show our trophies. Show we won the game. All those things that embolster our flesh. When he said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Where was he going? He was headed to Calvary. To a crucifixion. Matthew 18. Verse 1. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus saying... Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily, I say unto you, except you be converted and become as this little child, you shall not enter into the kingdom of God. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 20 and verse 20. There is an end to this eventually. Then came to him, Jesus, the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. He said unto her, what wilt thou? Glad you asked. She said unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on the right hand and the other on the left hand in thy kingdom. Jesus answered and said, You know not what you ask. Are you able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of, to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They say unto him, We, we are able he said unto them, You shall drink indeed of my cup, be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with, but to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my Father. And when the ten heard it, who are the ten? Twelve apostles. Two of them are wanting to sit, one on the left and one on the right. And the other ten, when they heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. This is what happens when people start looking for positions. <clears throat> call me, call me, call on me. Can I? Look, I got all these credentials. I went to college. I got the, you know. When brethren start looking for position that elevates them just a little bit above others, it causes division. 
The Lord had just said, look, I, I, it's given to whom it's prepared. In other words, God's got a place for everybody. We all have a place. It's our place. It's my place. You have your place. And as God assembles his body in the earth, he places the members in the body as he wills. I got my place. You've got your place. If we're going to strive for something, it's for finding and knowing our place. Not another place. It's our place. For to whom it's prepared. Otherwise, we contribute to the indignation of brethren. Jesus called unto him and said, You know that the princes and the Gentiles, the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they are great. They are they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you, for whosoever will be great among you. Let him be your minister. Whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. When we find that place of humility, it is the surrendering up of my way, my will, my desires, and yielding wholly to His desires, the ransom of our own lives, giving up of our lives as He did for the lives of many. When we surrender our will, He will impact lives. Amen? Let's stand. Let's pray together. Jesus, you are our example, Lord, of true hum humility. We turn to you, Father. We look to you as our guide, as our king. Jesus, in your name, I humble myself before you. I humble myself before you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I humble myself, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I put my life before you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God in your name, God in your name. It's a, it's a challenge because we want to... We want to do things the right way, right? We want, to, we want to know that what we're doing is correct and, and we're doing the right thing. And there's kind of a challenge between how do I know on my own what I'm, is, what I'm doing is right versus putting it out there for others to, to tell me if what I'm doing is right and, and seeking approval. 
you know, Jesus so many times in Scripture says, he, he refers to God, my Father, my Father. He's the one that sent me. He's the one that tells me what to do. He's the one that tells me what to say. And he, the Father was the only one that Jesus was seeking the approval of. If I know that I'm doing right by him, then I know I'm doing right. We've got to get to that point in our walk with him, our relationship with him, to where I know I'm doing right because the Father is my witness. The Father is the one that tells me, that lets me know. I want that relationship with him to where he can tell me what's right. Amen? Amen. Why don't you greet one another and you're dismissed in Jesus' name.